Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What up, Montana? Happy Friday. Coulter Nuanas, Nuanas Now. Regime Seabrook joining me in studio. We do this each and every Friday. I do it Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the podcast. Podcast is available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. Just type in NUA. N-E-Z, N-U-A-N-E-Z. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Podcast proudly presented by Wingate, but the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, excuse me, Blackfoot Communications and Sports Bet Montana. First hour did all NFL draft. That's what we're going to do the second hour, too. The, uh, the second round, does it get started right now? Buddy, Jacksonville's on the clock. Let's go. Pick is coming in in about 90 seconds. Let's go. So uh, this is where it really gets good because I think the second, third, and fourth rounds is actually where you get the best values for players. But we have been marching through the first round, sort of. We've been uh, getting off track a little bit, but that's what we do. So we got through the first three, the quarterbacks, all that stuff. But there's several different storylines I want to address here as the first round marched on. So number four, the Atlanta Falcons took Kyle Pitts. I thought that was the, the first I, I guess the latest non-dramatic pick. Trey Lance was the first piece of drama. Then you get 
Kyle Pitts, and all of a sudden, bam, I think you got what you needed if you're the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, you add him to Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. I know Matt Ryan's maybe his best years are behind him, but... That just put two years back on his on his uh, playing career. I mean, he's one of the best offenses in the NFL, sick. right? Sick. Mean, how do you... He's, what is he, 6'6"? Six, six? Six, he's somewhere between 6'4 six, and 6'6". Six, six. Runs like a gazelle. Can out-basically post anyone on the floor. He's going to be faster than any linebacker, bigger than any safety. It's a mismatch made in heaven, and I don't know, Julio Jones is going to be looking at a lot more single coverage, especially when he lines up on that side. Kyle Pitts is such a great example, too, of the evolution of positions in the NFL. Oh my gosh. He's listed as a quote-unquote tight end because he's six foot six, 250 pounds. But if you look at the way that Florida used him and you look at the way he is going to be used— in the NFL, he's a hybrid. He, he's a he's a Y, is what you'd call him. He's a Y wide receiver. In other words, he can line up in line a little bit, but mostly he's going to line up off tackle in the uh, you know in, in the wing set, or he's going to line up in the slot. He's maybe even line up on the outside. That's so, a good letter. Why? That's going to be what that linebacker is going to be saying. Why do I have to guard him? Why is he on my side? Why am I about to get exposed on film? Because he he's. I don't even know that he's a transcendent talent at that position. Highest draft pick at that position since Mike Ditka three hundred thousand years ago. Is that right? Yeah, highest highest drafted tight end since Mike Ditka. I heard a stat uh, last night. There's only been. I'm trying to. I, I gotta get this right. I think there's only been one, maybe two tight ends drafted in the first round in the last ten years that went on to be all pros. That's an interesting statistic in itself. Because you got to think, a guy like Jimmy Graham was not a first-round pick. A guy like Rob Gronkowski was not a first-round pick. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the most recent first-round. Tony Gonzalez? Was he a first-round pick? I think so. And I'm almost the last all-pro first-round pick tight end. Jeremy Shockey? Like, I, it's, it's you might have to go way, way back. I don't know. I wish we can cue some Jeopardy music. The you know what I'm talking about, but that's that's an interesting stat. I kind of like that. Hold tight, one sec here, because I'm going to get you every tight end selected in the first round in the NFL draft. Oh, we can't do this whole slides. Ah, we're moving on. Next, regardless, Kyle Pitts is going to be a good one. Yes, he is, but he also needs to be redefined because he's not necessarily a full traditional tight end. Correct. Then we get interesting. Now we got. Uh, what do we want to call this? My neighbor and me, my old buddy and I reunite. Reunited and it, it happened, feels so good. It happened multiple times in a row. Uh, I guess two picks, I guess three picks out of the next five. So at number five, the Cincinnati Bengals are sitting there with Joe Burrow coming back from a torn ACL. They have objectively the worst position group in the National Football League. <laughs> that is their offensive line. It's not close. It is not close. I think Joe Burrow should have been in the argument for the MVP, let alone the Rookie of the Year last year. Not because the Bengals won any games, but because this dude was playing against the worst offensive line in his region, and that's counting the college teams. It was outrageous. It's no surprise he got hurt. They're sitting there at number five. They have... Penelope Sewell, who is rather regarded as one, either one or two in terms of the best offensive line prospects in the last 10 years. It's Quentin Nelson and Penelope Sewell and everybody else. I saw this guy live and in person when the Grizz played at Oregon when he was a uh, 18-year-old redshirt freshman. He came to Oregon as a 17-year-old. That's why he's now 20 and in the NFL. The guy was uh, an unbelievable physical specimen. Six foot six, 320 pounds. Not Dancing bad. bear. I mean, unbelievable. That's all the Bengals needed. That's all they wanted. 
But it's also hard to hate on them because they go with Joe Burrow's boy, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase caught 20 touchdowns at LSU during Joe Burrow's record-setting Heisman Trophy season a couple years back. Pause on that because I think the Bengals were more suited to pick, pick Sewell, but they're not wrong for picking Chase. Then we get Agreed. to number six. The Dolphins have been trading around the first round, and then they land at six, and they get Jalen Waddell, who some people are calling Tyree Kill. I don't have a proper evaluation because he hardly played this last year. Mm-hmm. I know he's an amazing player. I mean, he averaged, what, he had 17 touchdowns in his college career that averaged 40 yards per piece. Per piece. That's amazing. That's wheels. But he also then gets reunited with Tua Tagovailoa. Tua's been out of college for a couple years, so maybe not the chemistry that Tua had with guys like Ridley, for example, or Henry Jeez. Ruggs, but still the Alabama connection. Okay, we'll keep it on pause there. Then Pinelli Sewell goes to the Detroit Lions. Hard for them not to take him, but also funny that they didn't take Justin Fields. If they think Jared Goss better than Justin Fields, dumb. The fact that Justin Fields is going to the Bears to now whip the Lions' butts for the next five years, that's hilarious, too. That's going to be funny for the next we'll decade. Get, we'll get back to that as well. The Carolina Panthers were maybe in the mix for a quarterback, but then they ended up trading for Sam Darnold and trading away Teddy Bridgewater. So then the Panthers go corner, J.C. Horn, the son of Joe Horn, former uh, New Orleans Saints wide receiver. Number nine, the Broncos were also in the mix maybe for a quarterback. All yesterday day, the scuttle was all about Aaron Rodgers. Where's Aaron Rodgers going? Aaron Rodgers wants a divorce. Aaron Rodgers wants to leave the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers says his top three destinations are the San Francisco 49ers, the Denver Broncos, and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Broncos are there at nine. They have an opportunity to draft either Justin Fields or Mac Jones. They draft neither. They get the best quarter in the draft in Patrick Sertain II. Oh, great my pick. Favorite. Great pick, but indicative that they they might make a move for A-Rod, right? Because if you if you're not gonna, you're gonna draft a quarterback here, right? Now that pick to me, it, it said what's wheeling and dealing and brewing possibly on a sidebar somewhere. Um, but I just Certain's my favorite corner in the in the draft and best suit worn last night. Did you see my boy in that baby pink? Oh yeah, sharp, sharp looking bro. How how weird? Uh, you're, you're you're slightly older than I am. That's why I can idolize slightly. You. That's why I can that idolize was, you like that I was, do. That was nice. That was smooth. But regardless, I mean, regardless of how far we are apart in age. We both have a similar football lens. I mean, you, you started watching it, you know, let's say, what, eight years before me or whatever, but it's the same generation. I would oh, say we're from, we're from similar, I mean, oh, pretty yeah. similar generations. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Is it weird to you, though, to see the uh, the Patrick Sertain Juniors and the Asante Samuel Juniors being ready for the Antoine Winfield Jr.? Joe Horn the second. These, I mean, yeah. this is not even like, oh, these guys retired like 15 years ago. Now that, I mean... Patrick Sertain and Antoine Whitfield just retired, <laughs> retired. Yeah, like two years ago. And now they got kids that are in the NFL. Kids, man, children. That's amazing. It is, man. But it's kind of cool, too, to kind of cool. see some of these names resurface. Um, for me, I hate it because it's like, God, I'm getting old. Justifies all this silver fox on the side of the face. You know <laughs> Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula Regime, Seabrook. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. Presented to you by the Missoula Broadcasting Company right here on 102.9 ESPN. All things NFL draft all the time. We're meandering our way all the way around. Okay, so then the Broncos take Sertan at 9. So then I think I, this is why the draft is so epic and, and it has so much drama, has so much speculation, has so much analysis. Because you can say 
Love it, hate it, indifferent, anywhere in between. And you can do it before, during, and after every single pick. Sertan is a great player. Future Hall of Famer. You heard it here. That's bold. But It's coming. Regardless, he is he's he's very talented. No he's doubt. the best corner in the draft. He's yes, got sir. exceptional speed, exceptional size, exceptional pedigree, exceptional um good fashion de- sense. Development, good fashion sense. I mean, honestly, what you just said there though, it's not a joke. That's a For true real. that's a true thing though. Like, bro, you got to be you have to be I think you have to have two things more than anything as a cornerback in the NFL. It's not your 40 time. It's not how high you can jump. It's not how long your arms are. It's not how tall you are. You got to have two things. Unbreakable, irrational confidence, and the shortest memory in the world. Oh my! I say that to my athletes say, all the time, man. The best athletes on the planet have the shortest memories. It's it's like I know Morris Claiborne did not work out, so this story doesn't pack as much clout as it should. <laughs> but Morris Claiborne, Mo. coming out of high school, was the best corner in the country. He went oh to LSU and he became the best cornerback prospect in the draft. Then he went to the Dallas Cowboys in the top ten. But there was the infamous story of Lawrence Morris Claiborne before the NFL draft taking the Wonderlick test. And he got one of the 10 lowest scores in the history of the Wonderlick test. And Jerry Jones of the Cowboys was asked after drafting Morris Claiborne, how much did you take into account the fact that he got the one of the lowest scores in Wonderlick test history? And Jerry Jones said, are you kidding me? That's why I drafted him in the top 10. I want my corners to have no memory of anything. And I thought it was at the same time. Such a Jerry Jones right, response. At the same time, it was offensive to Morris Claiborne, but also it was honestly true in the fact that, like, <laughs> oh, it, 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 truly, though, that's like, bad, man. It is, but like you, you do. You want dudes who who think that they're the, the man at all times, yeah, and they don't remember anything else. Hey. And if, so style does go into it. It really is a thing, man. I hear you. Just to segue out of it, ladies and gentlemen, the first pick of the second round. Let's just go. Came we got in. live stats here and. uh the first pick of the second round, cornerback Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, staying in the South to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Jets are on the clock. Let's see how they mess this one up. <laughs> the New York football Jets. Okay, so Broncos take Patrick Sertain at nine. Then the Eagles turn up two spots from the Cowboys. The Cowboys have Micah what Parsons. What is the, the Cowboys have Micah Parsons from Penn State on the board. Uh, they got the uh, the kid from from Tulsa, uh, Zayvon Collins on the board. Oh, we're talking linebackers now. They have Jamin Davis from Kentucky on the board. Those are the three best linebackers. By the way, the Cowboys do need a, a, a third linebacker because Sean Lee basically gifted them a rose and said, "Here you go. I'm going to retire the day before draft day, so you know that you need somebody to go with." Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. The Cowboys got it sitting there. They or or they could go somewhere else. Maybe they could add another skill player to their repertoire. Or, you know, they could go with an edge guy because all the best edge guys in the draft were still available at 10. Yet the Cowboys trade down. But this is a two-fold scenario because the Eagles trade up and they draft Devontae Smith. So two two two-part question for you. Proceed, brother. What do you think of the Cowboys trading down? Because it seemed foolish to me for them to trade down. And also, what do you think of the Eagles trading up? Because on one hand, they get the Heisman Trophy winner, the next Marvin Harrison in my book, and a guy who played with Jalen Hurts. They're now quarterback of the future in Philadelphia. But that might be too high of a value for Devontae Smith. So what are the Eagles doing trading up? What are the Cowboys doing trading down? It seemed like even though Devontae Smith is a good player, neither one of these teams knows how to operate the capital of a draft. Well, not only that, but why are you interchanging within within your own division? Like, you, you just gave up the farm to a team that you see twice a year? The lack of logic behind that, like, I understand... 
sometimes you got to play chess within the game of checkers and vice versa. But to me, when if the if the Giants and the Redskins made a trade, like I just I, it, it doesn't make sense to do it within the NFC East. Like that just made both of them better to go against each other. Which makes no sense to me at the end of the day. Is it attrition? Is it freakonomics? Like, I don't know. It was it was a weird trade that involved two perennial enemies <laughs> going head to head. But it gives us stuff to talk about and adds drama and flair. So the top ten wraps up with eight of the top ten players drafted, offensive players. Including three wide receivers, which that has to be some sort of record, at least approaching one, as well as three quarterbacks. But sitting at 11. Oh, God. And I'm sitting here. Oh, at, God. The only thing I got left in my life as a sports fan, I love sports. I talk about this on the show all the time. I love sports. Love the analysis of humanity. Love the lens that sports gives us. I have no rooting interest in anything. I get asked around the community all the time, who are you going for? Who are you going for? I might play the game a little bit and say, you know, I got this sort of allegiance right now only because this team does it right. Like, I thought it would have been cool. I'm, I'm not a Gonzaga fan. I never liked Gonzaga. I thought it would have been cool if Gonzaga would have won the NCAA tournament just because, you know, they're three hours down the road. It would have been the first Northwest team to win it in a long, long time. Regardless, I don't have a rooting interest. I love that all of you people out there, you have such passion. You're making bets. You're screaming at your in-laws. You're freaking out. You're throwing the Thanksgiving dinner out the back door because you're so mad that the Lions are losing again, whatever it might be. The last piece of rooting interest I got left in my bones is for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm sitting here as the top 10 winds down. I'm sitting here thinking, Fields is falling. Justin Fields made, in my opinion, the smart move to not go to the green room because he did not want to get embarrassed. He did not want to be the guy that had the, the camera on him as he maybe potentially fell. But they did have the webcam on his residence. So he's sitting up there in the apartment or, or the condo or wherever he's at, and he's got his family there on the sectional. And as the top, as Devontae Smith gets drafted, they flash to the Justin Fields living room. Camp. Nobody's there. They've exited the screen. The couch is empty. So you're sitting there thinking, man, is this a good or a bad look for him? I don't know. But Fields <laughs> is sitting there, and I'm sitting here thinking, let's go. Vikings, either they got the 14th pick, yep. either let's have yep. them fall, or let's have them trade up and get them. Neither one of those happens because the Chicago Bears do the first proper, smart, and savvy quarterback personnel move maybe in my lifetime. And they trade up from the 20s to go get Justin Fields. What do you think of this trade? Because to me, the best quarterback the Bears have had since in I, since I've been alive, my 34 years on the earth, is Rex Grossman. So this is the wow, first time. that's how young you are. This is the, I mean, Justin Fields is still better than Jim McMahon, bro. Who's the last time? The Bears have never had a good quarterback. Do they have a quarterback in the Hall of Fame? No, they don't have a quarterback no. that's even close to an uh, iconic no. quarterback besides McMahon, McMahon only because of the Super Bowl shuffle. Fields is still better. All I'm saying is it doesn't matter how young I am. The Bears have never had a good quarterback, and now they do. It's yeah. an amazing moment for the Bears because this, I think Fields is legit. I think I think it's a – I look at it twofold because part of this dra- part of this draft day trade was with my guys and, and what they got out of it on the backside. I think they gave up a lot to get this kid. Um, and if they don't put the pieces around him, then it's all for naught. 
He's a talent. I think that he's entering a division in which he's. A, it's the black and blue division. Like it's it's baptism by fire for this young man going forward. It was a smart move. It was prudent on on their on their half. It'd be interesting to see what comes out of the backside. What they gave up uh, to to get this young man is it, is it going to pan out? Because you know they 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 gave up an additional four picks in the process. And for Chicago, who is not sitting pretty in any which way, could you afford to give that up? But if this is your face of the franchise, is this what you truly believe in? Then go for it. We'll see. Time will tell. I think Fields is going to be good. And I think he could be great. I, I think his talent level, his pure, his baseline talent. That I agree with. What, what he is gifted with, his size, his athleticism, his acumen, his savvy, his arm strength, all those things. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL day one. Ohio State quarterback, so my friend. Let's talk about that. Okay, let's do talk about that yeah. because... Ohio State recruited the pretty much they tried to recruit pretty much the best athlete in the country to play quarterback for them. Correct for for twenty years. Correct. Craig Krenzel obviously is outside that mold. He was just the game manager because they had they <laughs> okay. had the, they had the Maurice Collettes and the Teddy Ginns <laughs> hey, of the world. That's, I get but, it. But since then, it's been Troy Smith, Braxton Miller, yep. Terrell Pryor. Stud, Cardell Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, Cardell Jones, but they have been gravitating more toward the traditional style, or not traditional, but more of a throwing quarterback. Right, Dwayne Haskins could throw better than anybody before him. True, and Justin Fields is significantly better than Dwayne Haskins. True. Here's the thing: I I understand all the knocks on Fields. He 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 doesn't perform well when the pocket's breaking down. Who does? Who does? He has a nonchalant attitude. But here's my thing about Justin Fields. So did Justin, Eli Justin, Field, Justin Fields was the number one quarterback in the country coming out of high school. Justin Fields then went to Georgia and couldn't beat out Jake Fromm, so he transfers to Ohio State. And then as a redshirt freshman, has the single greatest season in the history of college football That's as a redshirt amazing, freshman. Amazing. And no one talks about it because he wasn't a Heisman finalist, because he was a transfer, because he has all these things attached to his name. But the dude threw 50 touchdowns and two picks. That's it. That's it. That's all. Redshirt freshman. 50 touchdowns, two picks. Unheard At that of. moment, Justin Fields knew he was a top 10 pick. He was just waiting until his eligibility allowed him to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's a dichotomy now where guys in college, they run a specific system in college, and it is way more translatable to the NFL. The one thing that isn't translatable is in college, when you're playing at Ohio State or Oregon or Alabama or whatever, it's one, two, three, go. If you read the offense right, because you have such a drastic advantage at the skill positions, it's impossible to fail. You will complete 70 to 75% of your passes. Because if you if Devontae Smith's not open and Jalen Waddle's not open, you have the automatic dump down to Najee Harris. If you just get through your reads, you got it. But you don't mm-hmm. ever have to do the thing that you are always going to have to do in the NFL. Break the pocket. Improvise. What are you going to do when the world is Think. descending upon you, right? Think. Justin Fields is exactly the same as as Justin Herbert to me. Not in talent. Ooh, I like but, that. I like but, that a but, lot. But in the exact situation that they were in. They were in college for a long time. That gave them a lot of film to let the scouts analyze them. But they were also playing in systems where they had superior talent to everybody else. So you never got to see what happens when they break the pocket. When they improvise. When they have to make a play. Mm. I don't know if Fields has the steadiness that Herbert's got, but I think it's going to be a very similar experiment, whereas when Herbert got to the league, he's playing behind a Chargers offensive line that is only worse, the only team that, that, that they're worse than is the Bengals. The Bengals are the only team with the worst offensive line. And the he Chargers. flourished. He flourished because he flourished. what is he so good at? 
rolling out, making, making that throw, throw. that back yeah. shoulder. Yeah, exactly. That's Fields. Can he do it or not? That's it. It's cut and dry to me. Can he do that or not? That's all. You know, it, it's hard to tell with the team that he's going to. Right. You know, going back to what, you know, at the top of the show, fit, scheme, scheme, fit. Like, is, is it going to mesh well? Especially when you're playing the Packers twice. When you're playing Minnesota twice and everyone else in the NFC. So, time will tell. But I like the comparison to, to, to the, you know, Mr. Herbert. So, very well done. You were just, you're so smart, man. <laughs> I, lo- I love that frontal, that frontal lobe of yours. We're right back around to the Cowboys at 12. They do get the linebacker they need. They still get Micah Parsons, so maybe it was smart for them to trade down. The Chargers get as lucky as anybody in the draft. They get the best offensive tackle on the board in Rayshon Slater out of Northwestern uh. at number 13. It's just what they needed. Yes. So congratulations, Sean Rady. The New York Jets trade up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. He's a great player. He's definitely a draftable player. He's not worth drafting at number uh, 14, 14 as an offensive guard out of USC. We're going to circle back around to that in about 15 minutes. Then the Patriots, the last piece of uh, mainstream drama, drafting Mac Jones, and we'll get back around to that as well. Cardinals take Zayvon Collins out Reach. of Tulsa, which I think is uh, he, he's a, a high ceiling and also low floor guy, so we'll see how that Agreed. works out. Alex Leatherwood, the best offensive lineman from Alabama, goes to the Raiders at 17. Yeah. Pretty good value pick. The Dolphins, their second pick of the draft, of the first round, that is, they get Jalen Phillips, who's from Miami. Hometown boy. This guy... As an amazing story. He was the number one recruit in the country coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. He goes to UCLA. He gets four different concussions. He's being haunted by demons. He can't handle it. He retires from football. He can't blame him. He was screwed up. He comes back out of retirement and joins his hometown Miami Hurricanes and then gets drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Who knows what his durability is going to be like. He only played one season of real college football where he wasn't banged up. He had 15 and a half sacks and 25 and a half tackles for loss. And he has the pedigree as the number one overall player in the country coming out of high school. This, to me, could be the... It's the linchpin of this whole draft. If he is what he could be, it's one of the great steals in NFL history, getting this guy at 18. If he goes... Back down the injury train, though, it's a complete bust. So that'll determine where the, the Dolphins are at. For me, just to, you know, go and I love what we do sometimes is go outside of the scope of sports. You're talking six concussions in a really short amount of time. Yeah. Like, just outside of the game of football, like, I'm actually really concerned about this young, long man's longevity in life. For sure. You're, you're talking about six collegiate concussions in two seasons. And those are diagnosed, too, because as and we those, know, yeah, you're and, getting many more besides oh, that. Oh, buddy, I, I, I played through concussions oh, a lot. Oh, like, all the time. Yeah, but this this one, I actually had a discussion with some some people uh, last night, and it was it, that's a concern pick going down. We got to get out. We got to get out because we got a, a new segment coming up around the world, right? <laughs> yeah. But just, just quickly, uh, other just key highlights of the of the first round. Uh, nothing to really speak of besides then the Vikings when they did trade down all the way from fourteen to twenty three. They still got the guy they wanted in Kristen Derrissaw, so that that's a good pick. Uh, he was one of the better. I think he was the second best offensive line prospect in the draft. So so good uh, value yes. there for the Vikings. The Steelers get Najee Harris. It was polarizing. I think it's a great pick. A lot of the experts Smart thought pick. it was a terrible pick. The Jaguars get Travis Etienne, which out of Clemson, who a lot of people thought was a bad pick. I thought it was a great pick as well. Solid. Uh, and then the Ravens continue to get richer as they always do, dominating the draft. They are always one of the three best drafting teams in the league. 
They get probably the fourth best receiver in the draft out of Minnesota, Rashad Bateman, at 27. And uh, then on down the line, one little Montana connection for you here. Peyton Turner, the defensive end out of Houston, who a lot of people were kind of bagging on when the New Orleans Saints drafted him. He's got multiple uh, connections. He's related to Cass Bauer, who's an all-time great Bobcat uh, women's basketball player. He's also cousins with Maggie Daly, who's the wife of Brad Daly. Brad Daly was the Buck Buchanan Award winner out of Montana State back in 2013. Maggie Daly, who ran track at MSU, was a standout track athlete. They're cousins. So Peyton Turner has a lot of family in Montana, which is totally and utterly random. Uh, I thought that was really cool when Montana State Sports Information Director Tom Schultz uh, tweeted that out. Uh, But either way, more NFL draft, but first, the illustrious return of Gus. Where in the world are the two tails? Right after this on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV, Regime Seabrook riding with me. Greetings. As he does each and every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future. And I think that today we've been making our old buddy proud because we made a whole outline. We haven't followed a goddamn minute of it. <laughs> we haven't even got, we got to pick 13 in the NFL draft and it's 530. So we're basically spending 10 minutes per pick, which is actually less than the NFL spends on revealing each pick. Hey, now. We got all your analysis here on Nuanas now. But the disorganization plus the mutual love inspired us to institute what regime has been wanting to do for quite some time. Where in the world is Gus Tutel? Our. Former leader here at ESPN Missoula. He had a wild hair. He decided he turned 40. He's going to retire. He's going to buy a truck and a trailer. He's going to hit the road. And like I told him when he left, the only reason I'm mad is because I'm jealous. So we go down the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in our good buddy, Ryan Tutel. It's Tutel Nuanas in Seabrook for at least a moment in time. What's Love up, it. Gus? How you living? Howdy, boys. Good to hear your voice. So you are on your uh, cross-country opus that includes stops at uh, border towns, state capitals, NCAA <laughs> women's tournaments, iconic cities, and now the middle of nowhere, uh, yeah. Mississippi. Take us through it. I've been, I've been getting live updates like once every couple days, so I'm, I'm spoiled here. But tell the great people of Montana, where the hell are the two tells? Yeah, we've been, uh, well, we put the miles on for sure. We went down Idaho, down into uh, Utah, spent about a month in, uh, about a month in Arizona. Just got done with another month or so in Texas, which we hadn't planned on doing that in either of those spots, but just kind of how it worked out. 
And I uh, just got done with a week in New Orleans, which was very cool. I had not been to, I'd never actually even been to Louisiana. So I went to Baton Rouge, saw Tiger Stadium, saw the state capitol, spectacular city, and a uh, great state. Really enjoyed Louisiana and New Orleans a ton. And then just today, in fact, I just parked the RV. I haven't even disconnected my Rankin's Brothers RV from my truck yet. But I love I will it. will shortly uh, in, uh, in Vicksburg. Vicksburg, Mississippi, so the site of one of the uh, great and important historic battles of the Civil War was waged right here on the Mississippi. I mean, I'm probably probably 200, 300 yards from the border bank of the Mississippi right here between wow. Mississippi and Louisiana in uh, Vicksburg. So pretty, pretty interesting, very historic stuff here. Gus, my man, I love you and I miss Regime. you greatly. You know who it is, brother. <laughs> you know who it is. Same. So, my, my, my modern-day Clark Griswold friend. <laughs> He's so much more cool and well-read than Clark Griswold. It's, it's okay, but it, there, it's, it's, it's in the same vein. It is, except for the he's like, he's like the alter ego of Clark Griswold because he's like the anti-conformist, anti-capitalism version of Clark, right? So, it's like Clark Griswold <laughs> meets Al Bundy and gave birth to Ryan Tutel. I'd say it's like Clark Griswold and Al Bundy met Meriwether Lewis, and now they're rowing <laughs> up to Mississippi. I'll take it. First and foremost, man, I hope you and your wife and your three beautiful children are alive. Well, obviously alive, but healthy, safe, and happy. I need a favor. I have this great collection okay. of college T-shirts. Like I have almost a T-shirt from almost every conference in America. While you're down there. I know you do. You know I, I know do. You, do. you know I do. I... I need something from Mississippi, brother. The Ooh, best. Really? The, I, I need like a Mississippi Valley. The more obscure, the better. Southern Miss. Hit up Hattiesburg. You, you know, it's so funny because it it is like you walk into the same sporting goods store, say Dick's or whatever, but wherever you are, all of a sudden you walk around and you go, oh, it's the Houston Astros. Oh, okay. Now it's, you know, the LSU Tigers. Oh, okay. So wherever you are, like you can always figure out basically where you're at when you walk in any department store and see that. But it is funny in Mississippi, man, because Hattiesburg, you got Southern Miss, of course. Then you know, Ole Miss is in uh, Oxford. Mississippi State is in Stark, Vegas. But then the biggest city, though, in Mississippi is the capital, Jackson, by like quite a lot. Like Jackson, we just drove through. We spent about an hour there. And uh, it is actually a big a, a, a large metropolitan area, but really the only uh, college that's there that I'm aware of is Jackson State University, who head coached by Deion Sanders. Now their football team, and I'll take yet it. that seems to be like a fairly obscure school, quote unquote, relatively speaking. Even though it's like uh, you know uh, uh, in the biggest city in the state, right there in the uh, in the in the state's capital. So maybe I'll try and find you a Jacksonville State uh, sweatshirt or shirt or something like that for you. Hey, Sharon is Karen, and the best nation is a donation. You know what I'm saying? I'll That's take right. it. There That's it is, brother. Right. There it is. <laughs> to update this, because Ryan and I were talking about this earlier, Jackson, Mississippi is home to 154,000 people, which is actually not nearly as big as I thought it would be, but it is significantly the largest city in the state of Mississippi. Mississippi is um, home to just short of 3 million people, so not that populated of a city. But it's interesting because they have so many min municipalities, let's call them, of above Montana large range, but below real large range. In other words, in Montana, to be a city, 
to be one of our cities, you have to be like Butte or Helena, 25,000 people, 30,000 people, Kalispell, 38,000 people, whatever. <laughs> they have so many cities that are 40 to 80,000 people. That's kind of the sweet spot of Mississippi. Many of them uh, are that size. But interesting that you're right, Gus. Uh, 173,000 people in Jackson, Mississippi it makes it the biggest, but not as big nearly as I thought. Nuana is now Ryan Tuto, former co-host of this show, on the road in Mississippi. So, Gus, I know you're Mr. Philosopher, intellectual, well-read, super dad, Outside the box, nonconformist, all these things. How the hell are you following sports, though? Because if there's one thing that is conformist about you, it's that you like to sit on the couch and watch the NFL draft from start to finish. So, yes, sir. Uh, did you do that last night? And how have you been following sports in general? You know, I uh, I have not followed sports all that much. Uh, I mean, I'm always checking in every day, seeing what's going on, going to the websites and all that, but. Um, I don't even have TV uh, here. I got my phone. I got ESPN Plus, so that's like something. But uh, if you don't have you know a television sub- subscription, you don't get all the stuff. I did put on ESPN Radio last night just through my phone to listen to the draft while I was uh, checking it out because I was interested to see how that went. I thought it was a very intriguing first round uh, in a lot of different ways. But I wanted to see kind of like how it would play out. But uh, I did go to a game. I went to an Astros-Angels game, watched Mike Trout get plunked in the arm, and uh, then only played about half the game after he got hit. So uh, got got a little bit of sports in that way. Like you said, we saw UConn-Iowa, which was one of the most epic women's basketball games, I mean, in recent memory. It was such an unbelievable game, so I felt very fortunate. So my exposure to live games has actually been more because I've been bouncing around and getting into these places where you can be and, you know, uh, moderately sized crowds in these huge buildings or outdoors or whatever it might be. But uh, I have not watched nearly the amount of sports that I am accustomed to. But I have also had to like do things like drain my toilet, which I've never had to do before. <laughs> and, uh, you know, get the jack set so that the the, the RV is even on a, day, on a relatively daily Basis. So I actually have a lot more things occupying my time right now. The children are on the roof. We'll see if one of them falls. That's going to be a three-hour ordeal. So I got <laughs> I got plenty going on here for the life of leisure that I want to enjoy. See, he thought that I retired, and then I was just taking it easy, and I did retire. But now I'm now I'm working, man. Now I'm putting the pedal it, to the metal here. Instead, you became Mrs. Doubtfire with a big truck. Hello! That's right. <laughs> What? That's exactly that's exactly what it is. So those that have listened to this show uh, over the last couple of months, you know, one of our great experiences was going to the NCAA tournament. Myself and Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, went to Indy. We caught 14 games in 10 days, or excuse me, 14 games in four days. Um, but the scene at the NCAA tournament was so interesting with 25% capacity. Basically, do whatever you want. You want to go get some popcorn? Cool. Walk right up. Get it. You want to sit in this seat? Okay, as long as you're not sitting by strangers and as long as nobody has that ticket, go right ahead. What was it like at the women's tournament? Yeah, you know, it was it was a lot like that. Our our seats, um, we didn't sit in them because we could sit in better ones. And we ended up being in like the exactly. row in kind of the Iowa section and it didn't seem to be a problem. And it was every seat that you weren't allowed to sit in was like not sitable. It was like, you know, strapped off. And so, uh, so it was, it was in the Alamo dome, right? So it was built, you know, it was football stadium. So it was just huge. And 
you know, not having the crowds that we're accustomed to having is a bummer, right? And you can tell, like, you know, obviously the atmosphere is just not what it was. But in terms of being in the arena and the ease of being in there and, and, and all of that, it was awesome. Because if you're one of the fortunate ones who can, you know, decides that they can go and, and get a ticket and whatever, like all of a sudden your opportunity, you know, there's no lines for anything. You can go to the bathroom, go get it, go get, you know, refreshments, whatever it might be. And you are really front and center with a lot of this stuff that, you know, you probably be in the, uh, in the cheap seats up top, try with your binoculars in, in a normal situation. So it was very cool. Throughout this uh, odyssey, which is, when you put it in perspective, actually, you haven't been gone that long. You've only been gone for about four months, which by modern-day hyperactive pace of life standards is a long time. But, you know, not not that long. I do miss you dearly, but it's not as if I haven't seen you because we got the FaceTime. We got all the stuff. But on this uh, on this little journey, I mean, you, you, you're from – I mean, Jackson, Mississippi is a, is a fair amount away from – I guess Viceburg, Mississippi, fair amount away from Missoula, Montana. So – Give us the highlights. What have been your favorite stops, your favorite uh, learning points, uh, your favorite little tidbits for you and your family? Well, maybe it's recency bias, but, I mean, New Orleans was awesome. I had an absolute blast in that town. uh, town. You know, this wonderfully diverse, both culturally, ethnically, but also just, like, sort of experientially. Like, you walk around, and it's sort of sensory overload in every direction that you look when you walk down Bourbon Street or walk down Canal Street and so on. And so that was that was really awesome. We've hit the national parks. Uh, Carlsbad Caverns is just absolutely remarkable. That's down fun. In southern New Mexico, very close to, to Texas. And, I mean, you walk in there, and you feel like you've entered Mordor from the Lord of the Rings. I mean, you swear you are <laughs> in a different, like, it's not even, it's a whole different universe, man. Like, you are inside the Earth, but it doesn't even, it's not just rock. I mean, it feels like, I don't know, it's wild. It it's is a different so atmosphere, wild. right? So, uh, it's, it's a whole di- different atmosphere. Well, truly, the air is like, different. The, the the feeling of the of the place is different, right? That's right. That's right. Um, but you get, you know, you get all of these rock formations from the dripping water that happens over, you know, these millions of years or whatever it is. And, the, and you get all of this. Uh, uh, and also just the way that, like, rocks have broken and shaped without exposure to, like, the wind and the water and the rain and all of that kind of stuff over time, freezing and thawing, all there is this constant temperature. Just bonkers, man. It's, it's it's inexplicable, and you just can't like you can't see a a, a view of it, and uh, you know like in a picture or in a video, and you can't you know you just got to go. That's one of those things you just got to go to. So I thought that was very cool. All the national parks. We went to Zion, Bryce Canyon, uh, Big Bend. They're 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 all fantastic. So those were big highlights as well. And you know just being on the road, kind of doing your thing every day. Like I woke up this morning. I didn't know where I was staying today, <laughs> you know, and some Your dream. don't like that. I, I love that. So, you know, I'd like to figure it out kind of on the fly. And so, you know, the fact that we get to go to Vicksburg and tomorrow I'm going to hopefully take the kids around and see, you know, some of the history of the Civil War. Turns out Vicksburg is the first place they bottled Coca-Cola. So we'll maybe Ooh. go walk by the Coke plant here and, you know, take a look at a little bit of that. So, you know, you just never know what you're going to find when you get to places like this. And you never know which places you're going to go to when, you know, when you're just cruising and letting uh, letting it take you down the, down the road, so to speak. Well, Gus, 
this is not the last time you're going to be on this show because we're going to do this as often as you're going to let us. So we'll talk to you soon. But either way, Gus Tutel, former co-host of this show, joining us here on Nuanez Now, Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Drive safe. Enjoy your Civil War history lessons. And uh, maybe we'll catch up with you, not next week, because I'm going to be on the road next week, but two weeks from now, maybe we'll uh, circle back around and see where you're at. But thanks so much for being with us, buddy. You got it, man. Love being on it. Great to talk with you guys always. My best to everyone back in Missoula. Miss everybody up there. So uh, we'll get back soon. Miss you, man. Take care of yourself and that and that family of yours. You got it. We'll do. We'll see you. Nuanas now. One hundred ninety ESPN Missoula. Back after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. What's up, Montana? Hope you had an awesome week. It was an awesome week around here. If you didn't like the NFL draft, then, you know, whatever. I don't know what to tell you. It's got it all. It's got the drama. It's got the athleticism. It's got everything in between. But thanks so much for listening to Nuanas Now. Today on your Friday, all throughout the week, and anytime and anywhere you do listen. Missed anything in this show? It was all NFL draft all the time. Regime Seabrook, Jordan me, Coulter Nuanas in studio you can find it on the podcast, Nuanez Now. N-U-A-N-E-Z, to search that on your podcasting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars preferred. Presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. I got about 90 seconds before I'm on my first vacation in like a year and a half. Woo! Woo! Yeah, everybody knows I don't like doing vacations just because I like working. I love my job. I love rapping with my boys. I love writing my stories. I love doing all my stuff. But I am hitting the road. Recharge I'm, yourself, that's, brother. That's right. I'm going to go do a whole bunch of different things. Uh, relive my roots. Going to go see my maternal grandfather's grave. It's going to be a, an epic time. But uh, in the meantime, next week, we won't be here. We'll be back in two weeks. But Regime, you're the man, dude. What do you got going on this next uh, little while? Anything planned for the weekend? You know, I'm going to clean out a garage. I'm going to do some house it feels stuff. feels good, though, right? Uh, I am Having the time to do it is great, and the weather to do it yeah, is great. Yeah, my kids are with their grandparents this weekend, so I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, as Patsy Klein would say, I'm all by myself. <laughs> uh, the world is a great place because I never in my life thought my guy from Bron- the Bronx, New York, was going to drop a Patsy Klein reference. Dude, I got walking. <laughs> I got to love it. Quickly, before we got... It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore 
live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.